Hey Sirish, I've got to know, what are your thoughts on AI? Transformative, and it's the new FOMO. <laughs> All right guys, if you have the FOMO, if you've missed the bus, we've got you covered. Today, we are going to take you through how AI is a steroid boost to your businesses and what you have to watch out for. Welcome to Candor Beach, where we bring to you our take on world events and how they affect consumer psychology, specifically focused around India. So without further ado, Silesh, could you elaborate on your point? What do you mean by transformative? Um, it's it's going to change how everybody's going to think about any kind of business. Like, it's going to wipe out certain jobs. It's going to create new jobs. So uh, what it's going to do, we're going to talk about it today. Great. So. I th earlier today, we were talking about uh, its use in certain industries, certain fields. I believe your background's in healthcare. Why did you yeah. give us an example around how AI transforms healthcare? I would say AI would transform uh, the imaging part of uh, healthcare. Like uh, it's going to help. So especially in uh, you know CT scan, it can detect uh, you know what a a, a well-recognized doctor won't be able to detect uh, probably a nodule in the body, which is going to become carcinogenic eventually, or you know, metastatic. Metastatic meaning you know it becomes um, a, somebody who already had cancer went through the you know removal of uh, the cancer from their body, and cancer coming back into their body is called metastasis. You know the. So the, to clarify, isn't metastasizing, is it different from metastasizing, like when it moves into your lymph nodes and other organs? Yeah, I can. That's the, that's the same, same thing. So basically, okay. uh, let's say you had cancer and eventually you get the, can you get the cancer removed through surgery or, or through, you know, um, you know, drug therapy, you know, um, and eventually it comes back. This process is called metastasizing. And you're saying that AI is, in in certain cases, better positioned to identify this than trained doctors at this point in time. I believe so because um, there are certain things which uh, a naked eye can't see, which an AI can. If you put it through the AI imaging, it can definitely help in you know the the radiology part of uh, medical imaging. Understood. So let's take a step back and explore what AI and ML are. What does or what are the principles behind AI? The I would say the principles behind AI is basically um, artificial intelligence. ML is uh, machine learning. So so normally all, there's a lot of raw data which needs to be processed. Now we use computers. But then, you know, when you use AI, we use, you know, artificial intelligence to process this data and give us, uh, you know, outputs through the, you know, intelligent, uh, like the computer intelligence. So which is to weigh in on that really quick. What uh, what I think you're trying to say is that there are programs, there are algorithms that what AI essentially does is it takes large learning modules, LLMs, I believe, and mm -hmm. it works on them, understands them, 
until it gets to a point where it can make accurate predictions of what's going to happen next or yeah i think that's it like it it's basically works on a predictive model where it tries to figure out what's going to happen next so if as an example you typed out twinkle twinkle and left it at it no i mean this is a viable use case i think like you type out twinkle twinkle and it's going to start trying to figure out what the ne most probable next words are going to be and it's very likely to type in or respond with little star yeah similarly it's very comparable to human intelligence, right? It's getting there. So I would say it's already there, you know? So, you know, AI is a wide door open and it also needs uh, restraint on it. Okay, so help us understand that. Like, what do we need to watch out for? Um, let's say if AI is wide, you know, all, all around the place and um, where we come into uh, is AI and ethical issues. So like, for example, uh, how well uh, is AI connected to uh, defense systems? Like, how well can, let's say, if eventually everything is AI and, you know, the AI might take over the nuclear launch codes. How would you protect that from happening? How would you, you know, still keep it um, you know, um, you know, instead of going fully digital into AI. When you go with nuclear, uh, nuclear codes, are you, are you already in Terminator? Are you picturing a Terminator? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, Arnold it might happen. It's, that's the path. Like that, that was the biggest reason all these, um, you know, like these, uh, AI entrepreneurs, like Elon Musk, they were they were saying AI is actually very dangerous if you don't use it right. Yeah, so I, I get what you're talking about when it comes to nuclear, and I would also cite examples around like when you are using uh, AutoGPT, this form where you can combine multiple generative AI into one system and then make use of, like you could just type in a command like, build me a website and then it pulls from uh, stable diffusion it pulls from chat gpt and like figures out how what you need um like when you're using a system like that you also have to have safeguards such that you have you've just said build me a website you haven't specified the number of pages that could be to auto gpt's mind one page it could be two pages it could be 10 pages a hundred pages, it wouldn't know where to stop unless you were a little more specific. And it, it's all based on probability at the end of the day, right? So that's that's something like that's an example. You could run complicated module models wherein it just uses a lot of data. It uses a lot of energy. And with this comes costs. Exactly. If you think about whether two dollar like if, if you thought that this was going to cost you two dollars using auto GPT, but AutoGPT didn't stop at one page, went to a thousand pages. You're in trouble. So though there are restrictions that you have to have with AI. Another example that I was thinking of in, in a discussion with someone, they talked about how we were talking about uh, a specific product and we're not going to mention the product here because uh, or maybe okay. I should. I should just, I, I, I no, it's a public product. It's fair criticism, I guess. So we were talking about Performance Max by Google. Mm. What that does is it's supposed to optimize for 
it's supposed to optimize for whatever goal you set it. So if you say that impressions or engagement is what you need to optimize, optimize it for, I believe this was what our discussion was around. It's going to do it, but there is no way of blacklisting certain sites. So as an example, if you talk about uh, putting putting out your content and maximize uh, engagement, it might just put it up on a pornographic site and you don't want your brand associated with that. Like, I'm not saying it will do this, but I'm saying that there is a possibility because you don't know what control you have. You don't know what sources it's uh, using. You don't know a lot of things. And that's something that is also true of AI. There, AI doesn't always cite its sources. It does now, like some AI do, uh, do that. But, uh, and, and there is also that whole, uh, whatchamacallit, there was a, there was, uh, was it stable diffusion that used Getty, uh, Getty images to train its modules, models? I believe so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, there are legal ramifications, there are things that you need to address from an IP standpoint. Another example that springs to mind is when we were, um, like this one gentleman wrote out a, an entire book using AI. And when it went to court, <laughs> to figure out, yeah, to figure out who owned the IP, who owned the copyright to the to the work that was done, the court ruled that the structure that he put to the story was uh, the author's uh, or, or belonged to the author and therefore was uh, his intellectual property. But the images that uh, were generated using AI did not belong to him. So, so there, there are these burgeoning use cases and it's going to take some time for those to clear up, but these are things that we need to watch out for. Legalities, like just to quickly summarize, legalities around who owns what when it comes to generating AI. There have been talks about students doing uh, using AI for homework. <laughs> there have been people who have been rusticated, who have been sus suspended. Like plagiarism. Plagiarism as well. Is this okay? Is this is this not? To what extent can you use AI? These are things that we are still trying to figure out. But and of course, like the granddaddy of them all. Nuclear. Nu nuclear is the end game, I would say. Like, but um, like you uh, pointed out, um, ha uh, when it comes to like uh, content creation for book writing, uh, it would become really soft plagiarism. So who who really made this content? It's not the person who made it. Uh, whoever used uh, ChatGPT or AI to write this content up. So even if it goes to legality wise, it's not his. He didn't use his in, uh, intellectual uh, part and write this up. So it's the computers. Um, so how would you, where is the line you draw? Like where would you put the line between, is it, hum, is it uh, human source or a computer source? Then with the college oh. part, Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, go ahead, finish your point, and then I'd like for you to comment on how are we tackling that currently? How are we tackling it? I would say there are the websites like Turnitin, Grammarly, all this. They are they uh, evolved into trying to uh, see if uh, it's AI. Um, they, there's content uh, from an AI module, like or ChatGPT or Bard. And how would they guess? Like, what would their accuracy be like? I, I'm not asking to guess at their accuracy. I'm trying to understand 
how much can I trust a source like um, Grammarly to figure out whether this content's been written by a human or AI? What are they doing? See, the technology itself is nascent. So BART or ChatGPT, both are new. So for you to ask something which is built off of that to see how well they actually predict, it, you know, it's like it, we cannot have a proper answer on that because especially BART, they're going to ask the artificial intelligence that is this from an artificial intelligence, you know? <laughs> so how well can you predict that? You know, even even um, in a lot of these uh, in BART, and uh, I think we we were uh, trying to do that in the afternoon that we had we saw discrepancies. Uh, BART and ChatGPT, the search results from you want to both talk of them. Is BART? Please do. The the numbers on the BART. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, the election results, right? Like Karnataka's yeah, election. Yeah, well, yeah. The, one of the Indian states' um, elections recently happened, Karnataka. And uh, we tried to um, ask uh, ChatGPT what are the results uh, for the election results. Each one of them gave a different answer. ChatGPT gave a different answer, Bard gave a different answer, but the real answer is neither. Hold on. So. Uh... Again, just to clarify what uh, Silesh was saying, uh, when he says ChatGPT, he was talking about Bing, like which is based off of ChatGPT. Yeah. We wanted to make sure that um, there was internet connectivity, and we wanted to see how accurate they were. So we posed the question to Bart, we posed the question to uh, uh, Bing, and we posed this question to Google. Now, Bart came up with like as an example, one party secured 37 seats. In reality, uh, I'm going to check those results right now on the Election Commission of India's website. That party got 19 seats. <laughs> Again, to remind you, Bart said 37 seats. Bing, where did Bing go? Bing said 21 seats. So neither of them were right. And that I think is characteristic of some of the things that uh, AI does. That when you ask it a question, you aren't a hundred percent sure of accuracy. So that's yeah. one of checking. That's one thing that you have to keep in mind. What a pitfall when you are using these technologies. What are some of the others? Um, I would say you know like um, so. How, it it says right there when you when you are on Bard it says these are it's an experimental project these are going to be inaccuracies so rate uh, the you can actually rate the the it, how well the answers were given so it's still it's still working on it the technology is still building it's going to take time it's not going to be as sharp as we want it to be right away uh, but. There are multiple uh, issues. So, if we talk about, uh, you know, the how how much of um, energy consumption is this artificial intelligence uh, actually consumes um, for processing all this data? There was a recent study that uh, ChatGPT, um, you know, the servers actually drink a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> And how um, how environmentally um, how well is this environmentally good? How much of um, you know AI modeling is good for the environment? 
that's something we have to think about. And scalability as well. Like if yeah. it takes so much energy, is it scalable? Like that was the that was uh, what drove Bitcoin rigs out of China, right? Like it was soaking mm -hmm. a lot of energy. Yeah, so, well, that that's why I think um, Ethereum also went from proof of um, what was it? Proof of stake, uh, proof of uh, work to proof of stake. Yeah, it did, and yeah. I think. I think that brings up a very interesting point. Maybe uh, we are at a specific level of innovation and these problems, these challenges are going to push human innovation even further and then push us to make sure that we are somehow tackling the energy it needs. Is there a speed issue as well? I, I feel like BARD, like, and I've been using BARD for, I don't know, like less than 24 hours. But I feel mm -hmm. like BARD's responses have been quicker than GPT-3 for sure. I don't know about uh, Bing yet. I haven't used Bing extensively. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, BARD is actually faster, um, but the, the, the speed also comes with inaccuracies. So, but I think I'm actually way more comfortable with chat GPT. Like, yeah, BARD gives interactive data. It's a very powerful tool, but I think I'm going to, once I start using it more, I would know what are the pros and cons of BARD. Understood. Uh, you were talking about job displacements at one point. Yeah. Um, and I think one example you brought up was uh, them being like AI being a little better than doctors at detecting cancer. Are we seeing that we're going to have robot doctors or like AI? I mean, basic radiologists can be uh, eradicated. The you basically, let's say you get a simple X-ray. You run this X-ray to um, a basic tech, like a ra uh, radiologist tech can do this job. You don't need a radiologist anymore, basically. So you run this through it. Um, just comfortability. Huh, so that's when um, you know the uh, the I know what you're trying to say. So the malpractice issue comes in. Yep. So the accountability is when the radiologist takes the takes uh, he has to sign for it. So so I mean your 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 doctor, your primary physician. So whoever, let's say you take an X-ray, you know, and the ra uh, radiology tech runs this through, gives gives uh, the basic inferences from the X-ray or CT scan. And that actually, you, you, you're not gonna do, you take a look at it and be like, yo, I have this kind of, you know, a nodule in my stomach or whatever. You're gonna take it to your personal doctor and he's gonna, he's gonna uh, give you a, a pretty good diagnostic looking at it. Oh, so this is like WebMD, but like a higher level of WebMD before yeah. I take to an actual doctor, you mean? So, so all the data is there. So the doctors basically use that data to give you a proper diagnostic. So basically, the like you said, it's a sharpened WebMD. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so we talked about healthcare to an extent, but you can't leave out dentists. How is this helping my teeth? A dentist, I would say, you know, the AI can, you know, like placement of uh, teeth. When you have uh, AI can take a, like you take a, a imaging of the teeth, uh, the lower jaw, the, we call it the mandible. Uh, okay. This is called the mandible and the maxilla. 
So when you take the, uh, the uh, x-ray of the mandible, it, the AI can predict how, how well a teeth can be placed or how well uh, if you want to get some veneers done or you know, uh, new teeth put in uh, after getting your tooth pulled out. The AI can give you a better modeling how well the teeth can be placed. Understood. I asked because um, there was this one gentleman I met uh, just yesterday and um, he apparently has weak gums. And so that's so the doctor said that his teeth are going to fall out like all all of them are just going to fall out. And uh, yeah, I was just thinking like if was there a way that the newer tech new technology could help him? They were talking about laser surgery that might strengthen his gums to an extent and stitches. But yeah, I, I don't have the details, but that's I mean, that's interesting. I would say something new to do in um, uh, dental uh, technology is augmented reality with artificial intelligence. Meaning, let's say before even they put the teeth in, they're going to take the picture of your face and everything and cast it. So this is what the teeth going to look on your face. What kind of teeth do you want? Let's say you want all gold teeth, you know? Uh, <laughs> how well the gold teeth looked on your face. So that's something like, you know, like augmented reality, like Nike already does it. You can look, take a look at what kind of your shoes, how they look on your feet. Yeah. Um, what about COVID? We've just gone through a pandemic. How would that affect COVID? How would specifically AI affect? My perspective is um, AI might help in you know making the vaccines better for the mutant strains which come up you know so let's say there's already a vaccine they that you feed all the data of the vaccine to the artificial intelligence and and the new mutant comes in so you feel feed all the data from the mute uh, the new mutant how is it different from the original and let AI give you a, a better, how to fight it better. Like, you know, should it be an mRNA or a vaccine? Um, you know, how, how, how can you change this present vaccine to counter the new mutant strain? AI can really help in that. Much to the glee of big pharma. For a booster shot, more money. No, I, I was thinking in terms of you don't have to answer awkward questions at events anymore about whether your virus, whether your vaccines made sense or not. No, I'm not going to delve into that particular question any further. Um, we were talking about a lack of transparency. I think that's something that AI definitely needs to solve so that, like, again, we are trying to build trust and authenticity at the end of the day. Um, what about from a sustainability point of view? You talked about how they're energy guzzlers. How are they? How are they supporting the environment? Can you think of a use case? Uh, environment use case. Um, how do you improve efficiency of solar panels? Solar panels now is at like what 20% efficiency. I would say AI. They should. They should probably use AI to increase the efficiency of solar panels. You're talking about stacking, by the way, with solar panels. Uh, I think. We are exploring that, but yeah, that's an interesting use case. Um, we might also be revisiting fracking and things like that, but I don't, I don't know what your take on fracking is. I, I I'm I'm a drill I'm a drill kind of guy. Drill it, drill, <laughs> keep drilling. 
Why haven't other countries taken it up? Why has it primarily been the US or people from there talking about what, fracking? fracking? Yeah. Because most of these countries, they, the, uh, the form, the oil is available in liquid form. Like you mean Gulf countries, but US, there's a lot of uh, oil reserve, but it's not in the form of just pure liquid form. So it's in the solid oh. form. So for them to do that, they need, you know, um, hydraulic uh, fracturing. That is fracturing. What I was thinking is, again, like maybe AI could be used to uh, model areas and figure out what areas have a higher probability of uh, like putting up a rig or uh, a fracking facility. Yeah, I mean, sure, but uh, that that that's going to be a lot of work. It's going to take time. So I've I've read about uh, when I say read, I mean like I watched a YouTube video about, <laughs> about how uh, Nvidia has created a, a digital twin of the Earth, and mm -hmm. they're considering using that to predict climate, like any mm -hmm. climate changes, if there are uh, potential risks decades in advance so if we could start building infrastructure towards uh, tackling those potential risks so i figured like that could also help you like similar technology similar um, basically like a similar system could help you also identify zones where you could settle and maybe get better energy or make more countries energy independent the idea is like Today we are discovering lithium in India. We've we've discovered a few discovered a few sites where lithium can be found. I remember reading about Reliance uh, going or uh, like with with the partnering with the Indian government, identifying areas where they could uh, maybe potentially set up another oil rig. Like there are people who are exploring geographies to try and see whether it contains a specific raw material. And maybe AI could make that easier, less money spent, quicker. Uh, go. I don't want to say go to market. I don't think that's the right term, but you get the you get the drift. Like quicker lead time, basically. AI for a geological survey of India. Send yeah. them a kit. Something of that sort. <laughs> no. Find more lithium. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about from a security standpoint? Uh, what do you mean security? Like uh, nuclear security? Go. I would it, say keep it analog. It could <laughs> Still be turn a key. <laughs> yeah, that's that was there in Terminator Three, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if I remember my movie. No more press the button. Still turn the key. <laughs> um. Yeah. So from a cybersecurity standpoint, AI poses a massive risk. Yeah. Um. AI, if the um, so cybersecurity point, if you bring AI with quant, uh, quantum computing, everything is going to be gone. All the passwords are gone. You know, you have to strengthen everything up because uh, quantum computing with AI going to break everything. It's going to break the public keys. It's gonna, you know, the the private keys will be broken. You know, it's super easy. Let's not be overly doomsday about this. Are there ways that you could maybe protect yourself against this? Um, how would you protect yourself from quantum computing and AI, you mean? So what I'm getting at is if there are always two sides of the coin, right? Like if 
it's creating an issue, there are also possibilities on how it can solve the issue. Like I could maybe identify potential threats in advance and then try and solve for it. Yeah, I mean, you uh, like have a physical key, you know, like completely like how, for example, your Bitcoin wallet, how would you protect yourself from you have a, you know, a separate key. It's not stored anywhere on a, on a digital one. You know, you probably, they're, they're, what is that key? What do you call that? Um, you buy it online and separately. Huh? It's a physical wallet, right? Like yeah, physical, physical wallet key. Yeah, basically that is separated from all kinds of, it's not connected to internet. It's none of that stuff. That's one of the securities you have to think about. Two-factor authentication goes out of the window. Which could be a good thing and a bad thing, right? Like, I know you don't log into your Zerota account because it has two-factor authentication. You're just like, this takes too long. Now everything is two-factor. Like, for example, in India, we have two-factor, uh, you know, one-time password is actually a two-factor authentication. Yeah, you also have so, the authenticator app uh, that you can use for certain systems. Yeah, but still connected to internet. So how well is it? So... You know, it's going to be like that movie, Eagle Eye. I haven't watched that movie. Oh, man, you have to. Basically, I, the computer takes over and, you know, it, it'll basically give everything. Uh, it'll make people do certain things where, you know, you won't do it normally. And it's not by any person. The computer takes over completely. I don't know if that's funny or... <laughs> That's it's doomsday, but you know, but it's it's one of the uh, thoughts. You know, it might happen. All right. Like, um, like for example, like these like uh, robots, Boston Dynamics. We were looking at it in the morning. Remember the um, how well they're becoming. You know, now they can you they have these uh, you know. The uh, prototypes where they kick it, push it, and it's still able to stand and, you know, fight back. And I just hope. No, 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 no. They didn't fight back. I mean, not fight back. Okay. They, <laughs> they, they, they could stand up and, you know. <laughs> what if an AI changes that? You know, like, they, there was a you know, scenario where the AI was communicating um, and it literally wrote itself a new language. There was um, there was an article which I was reading. I think it was an HBR, I believe. Uh, but it wrote up a completely new language. Wow. To communicate between itself. Like for efficiency or security, what was it? You probably to kick out humans away. You know, <laughs> we got this. All right, um, Sadesh, I'm gonna have to ask you to tone down the doomsday a little bit and give me your final thoughts. Um, final thoughts, it's a fantastic technology. If, you know, it, it has to be used right. It has to have barriers. Um, that's why I think uh, there was this... Yeah, rail, yeah, it has to have that. So, see, that's why Google for the longest time didn't launch BART. Why didn't Google launch BART before ChatGPT? They knew ChatGPT was coming up. They knew OpenAI was available. But then they didn't want to get associated with 
but it's 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 gonna open a, a new round of you know like getting sued by the the government or new regulation you know so they just opened this door for them to get regulated so which is good but i don't think over regulation if they over regulate it it's gonna you know it's gonna cut down on the innovation of the ai tools Yes, what you're saying is uh, regulation is a form of rail guards to prevent gutter balls, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, if the rail guards are... I, I can't say if the rail guards are too strong because rail guards are... But uh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like, if I over-regulate a specific space, I might stifle... Innovation. Productivity and innovation from that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right, yeah. so AI, Boon or Bain, you're saying Boon for sure with safeguards. Exactly. Good. Thank you for your time. See you. Thank you, time. everybody. Bye.